folding pocket. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The Fast the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode. Thank you. Hello, welcome to The Fast and the Curious. This is a Formula One podcast for geeks like me and F1 rookies trying to find out more about this wonderful mad world. My name is Christian Hugill, normally joined by Betty Glover and Greg James. They're still in the UK. I'm still in Austin. And before the F1 circus heads to Mexico, I found somebody. We have had so many listener messages this year asking for a reserve driver. So I'm delighted to welcome to The Fast and the Curious Alpine's reserve driver, Jack Dewin. Jack, welcome. Cheers. Thank you very much. Um, my favorite movie is actually Fast and the Furious. So I'm uh, you know, glad that you've done a touch and, and mixed up the name there. It's, it's very pleasing for me. Our lawyers insist we say very different name, completely different name. We don't, we'd, we'd barely heard of the film. I'm sure, yeah. I'm, as I know, I, I don't really know of it myself actually either. Um, uh, yeah, it must have came up, but Fast and the Curious. Uh, you like the name love it love it it's um uh, an amazing touch your job (laughs) where you earn your money is alpine's reserve driver for our listeners who are new to the world of formula one what is a formula one reserve driver what do you do long story short i'm prepared to jump in the formula one car whenever i need to uh, if need be Uh, but uh, apart from that sort of a dissecting it a little bit i'm following the the drivers following the engineers uh following them closely just so i know everything that's going on through the weekend uh every information all the run plans the strategy how the drivers are feeling in the car what they're struggling with so i'm basically just mirroring them uh throughout all parts and uh, as well as uh, helping out on marketing and commercial duties uh, when i can okay a couple of questions here um you said you're ready to jump in the car at any point so if anything happened to Esteban or Pierre, they got ill, you'd be in. But you're not French. Are you allowed to drive an Alpine if you're not French? Is that allowed? That is allowed, yes. Um, I've uh, been welcomed into the family with open arms and uh, I've been, uh, been here actually longer than Pierre. So, um, you know, I'm, that is uh, next week it will be our car as well as I will be jumping in. So I feel uh, super warm and welcomed within the team. I have a great relationship with everyone. So uh, I think uh, they'll, they'll love to have a, an Aussie in the car. And we've had both, Esteban was on our, I think our very first episode and Pierre's been on as well. Both lovely guys. But that said, you know, to get your shot, are you ever tempted, you know, when you see them at breakfast, getting the coffee, but like, you know, maybe I'll just put something little in there just to give me my go. I'm sure it's probably not the done thing, but there's got to be a temptation. To be honest, I'm, uh, you know, 
from when I've started with with Alpine, um, they've been very very helpful with me and helped me a lot with my career. And uh, seeing in my role for sure, it'd be great to have a shot and be great to get in the car. But at the at the moment, and especially with us, it's such an important time that I'm sure I could do an amazing job for the team. But to let things run smoothly as well, I'm I prefer that obviously that the driver who's been doing the practice sessions continues to race. Um, and I'd prefer to have a shot where I can have my practice, I can have my qualifying, and I, I can have a, a full uh, full time to make sure I'm uh, in a in a great shape to to score points for the team. So you so you're not quite at the level of just you know hoping one of them gets a cold or hoping one of them uh, you know <laughs> not quite there yet. To be the case, like I would jump in like that and. Uh, but uh, no, I, I wish nothing, obviously, upon the drivers. Um, but, uh, you know, if one of them decides that they have a cold and they can't drive, I tell you, I'll be in that seat before they blow their nose. I've just got visions of the new sense of Pierre, like, you're not looking well. You, yeah. you really should have a rest. You're looking a bit pale there, mate, I'm telling you. <laughs> Many of our listeners are new to Formula One. It will mean they're new to you as well. What do we need to know about Jack doing? Um, I'm Australian. I'm fast, uh, decently good looking. Um, uh, <laughs> someone that you should really want on the Formula One grid and in a Formula One car soon. And he's selling himself very well. And even better looking than you were this morning. Exactly. What have you just been to do? Got cleaned up, uh, a very nice haircut uh, before my appearance in Mexico. It was actually last year today or i don't know if it's the exact date but after the austin gp last year before heading into my first fp1 i went to the same barber shop 400 meters away it's the closest one and i gotta clean up make sure i'm looking half decent before i roll into mexico i get really nervous about getting my hair cut anywhere i don't know and i've just moved i live in london and finding a new hairdresser has been really stressful I'm very impressed by your... You've got the balls to go out into a foreign country and just find a hairdresser. And it's gone well. Have you ever had any shockers doing that? Not really, because I just shave my head. So if it gets that bad, I can just shave it all off myself. So if it gets to the point where they've messed anything up, um, then I can just completely go a zero. And it's it, it looks all right. It's so. a good get out of jail free, isn't it? Exactly. So um, no, if I leave it too long, I turn into a bit of a mushroom. So I clean it up on the on the sides to make it look representable. Looks great. And also, you, it still looks good when you take off a helmet because it's short on top. Doesn't change. You wake up, you go to sleep, you take the helmet off, on, it's uh, no messing about. Um, now, we should talk about motor racing at some point, given this is a Formula One podcast. Yeah, maybe. Um, so you are going to be driving Pierre's Alpine in free practice one for the Mexico Grand Prix. Firstly, I know you've done it before. You did it a couple of times last year. Uh Mexico and Abu Dhabi last year, am I right? Yeah, I did Mexico and Abu Dhabi last year. That was my first time uh, with with the team uh, driving properly. So it's a call to be able to go back there, experience Mexico again for the second time uh, with a bunch more F1 experience under my belt. You're, you're 20, so I'm guessing it's not worn off yet of driving a Formula One car. I'm imagining knowing that that's going to happen in a matter of days from when we're sitting doing this interview, you must be buzzing. I know you racing drivers, you've got to you know, look professional and look cool, but you must be excited. Yeah, it's uh, I'm definitely excited. I've been, uh, you know, luckily through Alpine, their, their, their testing program, the A521, 
I'm very comfortable inside a Formula One car now. I've done plenty of tests with the team. Uh, they're keeping me at a high mileage within a Formula One machinery. So jumping on, on, on Friday, I'm excited to hop in the car, but uh, there's no nerves or outside uh, weird feeling. You know, I feel like I'm jumping into home. Uh, of course, I'm not on the grid yet, so that is obviously a foreign place. But inside that car, if I focus on myself and on the track, uh, to be honest, there won't be much different. And I think actually that's a, a lot a question a lot of people will have. By the way, um, if you notice some noise in the background, we're sat doing this interview in a hotel lobby, and there's some people getting very excited at the hotel lobby. I don't know quite what they're getting. Because of my haircut. That's it. They've spotted Jack's haircut from across the room. They're getting very excited about something. They're having a lovely time. Um, Let them. We'll get we'll get back to our stuff. But um, they're all commenting on your hair. They're only human. They're only human. I think that's a question a lot of our listeners will have. It's like, why do Formula One teams put young drivers like yourself in the car in FP1? I'm guessing it's to give them a shot at who's up and coming. But for you, is this a chance to go, look, guys, this is what I can do. And I want to be on the grid. To be honest, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time with the team. Uh, I've done, like I said, the 2021 testing car. I, I've been with them now for, for two years. They know what I can do. Um, I've really, hopping into this car, I, if I was hopping in on Friday trying to prove myself, I'd be going in with the wrong approach. Um, for me, I want to uh, go through test items, tick the boxes with the team, make sure I make the session most beneficial so that I can put Pierre in the best possible position when he has to hop in for FB2 for the rest of the weekend. I don't want to see, see it for them as a, as a missed session that they're having to give it to a rookie. They're giving it to Jack to obviously as an, um, an obliged session that they have to do with the FIA, but also a session where they have the trust to give me test items, work through a few solutions so that they can make the rest of the weekend better. But that's really interesting in itself because it's almost like it not being noticed that you're in the car would be a really positive thing for you because it's like it's just smooth sailing. So it's almost like you're trying to keep going as normal that's really interesting yeah exactly you know i'm not um I, you know even in our plan they don't need i don't need to go in um set a fast lap time you know show this show that uh you know I, I won't even be on that sort of run plan so we have a few test items that they want me to get through they have the trust in me as well which is amazing to do that uh, as long as we know internally how everything's going that we've done things correctly uh, that's all that matters and it's uh, most important for the team that said Okay, there's not nerves, but is there any moment when you're in an F1 car where you're going like, well, this is fun? Oh, 100%. Uh, it's, a, it's, an, it's enjoyment, it's fun, it's great. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, you wouldn't be here. And especially in those moments, you have to enjoy it. You have to soak it in. Um, appreciate where you are. Appreciate uh, what's happening and the opportunity that you have. Uh, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, it is business as well. Um, it's, it's massive. It's, a, it's not jumping in for a test and you're on your own and happy days. Like, uh, I need to maximize this without, without pressure, but I need to make the most of this session to help the team going forward you know every 10 team have to sacrifice two fp1 sessions uh, you know across the year and uh, if i can be the best uh, sub out of all teams for the year then that's going to help the team uh, out of the other 10 teams who have to give it up in mexico the most beneficial now it's not just testing you've raced in so many race series from formula three asian championships formula four the euro formula open formula three formula two we've explained on this podcast how the sort of motor racing ladder works you must have spent your entire life in cars in carts racing is it as cool way to spend your life as it looks from the outside 
Yeah, for, you know, for me it is. Um, there's uh, nonetheless there's sacrifices. There's uh, things of obviously not being a regular teenager and regular kid. Uh, but for me, they've never been oh sacrifice. I'm losing out. You know, I've been given an amazing opportunity by my family, um, by sponsors, by Alpine to go and chase that dream. So this is what I want to do with my life. So I don't see it as sacrifices. Uh, that fun to have those those moments uh, that will come later in life. So. Uh, for me, it's been an amazing experience, amazing journey up to this point. But I'm looking forward to, to leaving my, my junior career behind and, and starting my Formula One career. Absolutely amazing. And but you're in Formula Two this season. How's that going for anyone who isn't keeping a close eye on the championship? Um, it's it's been a tough start of the season. Had a a, a little bit of an issue, uh, but since then I've been the the highest scoring driver on the grid uh, by about thirty points. So we lost the first uh, five rounds due to a, to an issue um, that managed to solve. But since then I've been the the highest scoring and performing driver. Just uh, knowing that. When, when things were in my control and in my power, we managed to execute that as, as well as possible. So I think that's what we have, to, have to, to keep in the back of our minds. As someone who's driven both and driven both recently as well, what's the main differences between a Formula 2 car and a Formula 1 car? Uh, from a driving perspective, uh, you just have a, obviously more power. Uh, so you have also the energy recovery system, which is um, giving you, you more, more deployment, which is more straight line speed and more acceleration. Uh, but you have also have an open eye you know within the regulations to aerodynamics so they're able to have a lot more downforce which means a lot more grip through the corners a lot more ability to brake later to really ask a lot more for the car um, in a bigger scheme as well you have probably 200 or more times the amount of people as well working for these two cars whereas in, in Formula 2 teams and Formula 3 you can have 10 to 15 people so it's a, it's a massive operation there's so much more going on and to really realise that be able to work with those people because every single one of them uh, you know in all departments not just on the race car but also outside commercially uh, marketing as those are the people as well that are bringing those funds to the team that make these upgrades and developments happen so everyone is such a crucial role to to making this car go quick and also come out of the garage so it's important as a young driver as a reserve driver to know that and really make sure that you're working in all areas of the team and you guys are superheroes like uh, we've said this on the podcast before that i couldn't just go and drive a formula one car i'm gutted jack i'll never drive a formula one car you know it <laughs> makes, makes me sad but is there any way you can describe it for people like me and people like us listening to this what what, what does it feel like is there anything you can compare it to outside of formula one or is it just completely indescribable no to be honest it's, it's completely indescribable um if there was i think people would be doing it trying to have that seal of sense and i couldn't even tell you you know there's a there's a the aspect of just something that is indescribable uh, to tell you when you're you're strapped in and feeling that acceleration feeling that um the energy the deployment kicking in behind you and and the sense of your body, your neck, your head just wanting to be almost uh, melted back into the seat and into the rear of the car. It's something that I, you couldn't find somewhere else. Maybe in your, your Ferrari or, or your mate's car, you could put the, the throttle down and feel the sensation of being pushed back. Uh, but that's only one aspect of, of that sensation and it's times 10. So uh, it's difficult. I wouldn't suggest anyone doing that because road safety is key as well. Um, <laughs> However, uh, yeah, it's an indescribable feeling, which is why it's so special, why it's so limited. Um, so I really look forward to hopping in the car and getting to experience it soon. 
I think you've uh, just proved yourself spectacularly wrong. You've just said it's impossible to describe, then did a really brilliant job of describing it. So you, you don't do yourself down. <laughs> impossible to describe uh, what it is like in another scenario to yeah. try and go and, and experience that. That is not, um, you know, and what I, what I spoke about is also only a very small aspect is a, is a, is one part that's putting the throttle down yes. and uh, everyone can so do much that. more um so but this is a, that's just a little insight of how it feels when your your stomach goes feels like it goes to the back of the car it's a bloody good insight trust me it really is now normally on this podcast i've got greg james and betty glover and they ask me formula one questions they're not here because i'm in austin on my own but uh so i'm, I'm going to need your help for this bit of the podcast where we look to the mexico grand prix um so firstly from an f1 perspective what what's it like as a track what can we expect from the mexico grand prix so in mexico it's obviously at a very high altitude i think two and a half thousand meters uh, so initially you know that you have downforce levels in in mexico that are equal to monaco if not high your, your max downforce but due to that air due to the thinner air you're having levels seen on the car as lower than monza so trying to, to work that trying to make that car work through a lap not only on aerodynamic side but also for cooling it's a very tricky race uh, it's a place that is drove very very few times through the year so it's very low grip very dusty so really piecing that lap together trying to get the car to work in that high speed sector two but also in your squirmy parts of sector one turn one two three and also that final part of the stadium section it's a, a very difficult track to manage. Is the paddock expecting anything special? Are we going to see what, what we're used to seeing with Red Bull being up top? How's it looking for you guys at Alpine? I think it's a, it's a track that a car and a team that has very good ride, that is able to get across these curbs well, not bounce, have a good traction. That's going to be key. For sure, the high-speed part of the track in Sector 2 is important, but the most amount of the time is going to be these slow-speed corners where you're down to 60, 70 kph, where one kilometre an hour, half a kilometre an hour makes much more of a difference than that that time, that little bit of speed difference at the high speed so um not getting into too deep on who's going to be strong and who's not um we'll leave that for friday um but uh you know i know that we've been uh, been working on that very hard since last year as uh, at alpine it was a, a point that we needed to work on on that curb usage we weren't able to attack it like other teams were but seeing those improvements seeing the car become better in that aspect um over the course of the past year you know hopefully we'll be able to to master that a little bit better and and go into the weekend with a, a more comfortable car for the drivers that's properly brilliant insight that, that the teams that can get on the curbs and use the curbs and the car be comfortable on those curbs will get an advantage that's that's really really interesting and of course pierre finished in the car that you'll be driving in the points in austin last weekend esteban got really unlucky with that unfortunate clash with oscar at the start so i'm guessing you guys will be chasing the points again this weekend yeah you know we uh double q3 appearance back to back um which is great for the team you know uh it shows that we're, we're heading in the right direction uh things are, have not been easy at all this year but as it's getting to that point in the season it's showing that we're uniting and, and really going forward and wanting to finish the year strong uh which is important as well and you know not only for the drivers but for everyone to keep that motivation going um you know pierre amazing weekend qualifying p7 double points he's been really having a, a strong uh, run of races uh, in recent form as well so uh yeah i guess i'm sure esteban is 
keen to bounce back also because uh, he was very quick on the weekend as well. So um, Mexico is full of opportunities. We know it's not an easy one, but uh, but I know uh, myself and Alpine um, will, and the drivers will be working as hard as they can. This has been such a pleasure and we get quite... Um we get quite clingy. We get quite attached to our drivers on Fast and Curious. The ones we like and come on and talk to us, we really start to become fanboys and girls for. So I hope you've done it now. We're going to be absolutely buzzing for you to get that F1 seat, buzzing for you in FP1. Uh, really appreciate you t- taking the time to come on. It's been so cool to talk to you. Cheers. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You know, this is what I love. This is my passion. So being able to discuss it and talk, it rolls off the tongue. So, um, yeah, no, thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure to be on the Fast and Curious. Yeah, you'll, you'll regret saying that now because we'll be knocking on your door every week. Well, uh, I'm glad uh, glad we can make this happen. And uh, again, uh, sorry for, for the delay at, at the start as, Listen, I, as I left our host waiting as I got my haircut. But um, enough on the haircut. Thing. So worth it. The haircut looks great. Uh, good luck in FP1. We are all going to be buzzing for you. Thank you so much. What a nice guy. Looking at the excitement in his face and the way there were the lights in his eyes when he was describing the way the car goes through the sort of tight and twisty bit of Mexico and the acceleration. Really, really interesting to talk to Jack. He's a proper part of the Fast and the Curious family now. We're going to be absolutely buzzing for him in Mexico and and for the rest of his F1 career because he's going to be looking to get himself onto the grid. We'd love to hear what you guys thought of that. Uh, you can, of course, send us a message on social media. We are at Fast Curious Pod. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok and Twitter X. Uh, you can email us your questions to fastandcurious at acast.com. So enjoy Mexico. I'm going to get on a plane and go home, I think. I think I probably should go home now. It's the, the race happened a long time ago. And I will talk to you, Greg and Betty, when I'm back in the UK and when I've had a sleep. This is The Fast and the Curious from Austin in Texas. Bye for now. Bye.